Today in our study of the Proverbs, we're going to be talking about honesty. And uh, honesty in, in uh, three different ways. And our key verse today is Proverbs 11.1. 1. When I read through the book of Proverbs, I see this verse and a couple of others that are like it. And it just always catches my attention for some reason. And so today we're going to unpack this verse and we're going to talk about verses that are like it, that relate to it. And uh, I think it's, it's going to be something that's going to have a, a strong impact on our lives. So here's the verse. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. Uh, can I be so bold as to say that would be a good one to memorize? The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. It's interesting because it's not something that we readily identify with. It's something that uh, everyone would ha have identified with in the time of Solomon when this was written. Because um, everyone bought grain. And the way you bought grain was you went to the grain seller and he had a scale. And on the scale were two containers. And if you said, I want 10 pounds of grain, he would put a 10 pound weight on one side and he'd pour grain on the other side until the, the scale balanced. And that would be your 10 pounds of grain. Now to the dishonest entrepreneur, what he would do is he would shave a little bit off of the 10 pound scale of weight. And so when he would stick in the weight that says 10 pounds on it, it would be nine and a half. And then he would only be giving you nine and a half pounds of, of, uh, of wheat. And you'd be paying for 10. Well, this practice, the Lord detests. And he, he loves accurate weights. In other, in other words, people that, that are honest, find favor with him. So let's talk a little bit about um, accurate weights and uh, honest scales. And there's a couple other scriptures that are just like this that I'd like for us to read, and, and then we'll uh, do a little more discussing. 1611, honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. Okay, what does that mean? In other words, he's saying that when honest business transactions are going down, that is of God. We tend to think of things being of God as things related to the church. Um, oh, a message, a song, a prayer, an answer to prayer, that's of God. But a business deal of God, when it's done honestly, and uh, it's of God. That pleases him. All the weights in the bag are of his making. So he's saying the, the weights that are used to weigh out the grain, when they're accurate, they're of him. And if they're inaccurate, they're certainly not. Let's go on to 2010. Differing weights and differing, differing measures 
the Lord detests them both. So he's saying 10 pounds is 10 pounds. And it needs to be the same all across the board. I think he's advocating even here for a, a, a kind of a um, universal scale that, that could be measured. And, and so people wouldn't have to wonder if they were really being cheated or not. Um, the Lord detests differing weights and differing measures. Well, this was something that was common. And in the prophets, you can read about this. I'm, I found four examples in the prophets of um, dishonesty being conducted in this way. And here's one of them, Amos 4, verses 4 through 8. Read this with me. And Amos was prophesying to the people of the northern tribes of Israel. He says, hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat, skimping on the measure, boosting the price and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings with the wheat. The Lord has sworn by himself, the pride of Jacob, I will never forget anything they have done. Will not the land tremble for this? And all who live in it mourn, the whole land will rise like the Nile. It will, it will be stirred up and then sink like the river of Egypt. What this person is saying, verse 5 is good, is um, he's saying the new moon was a religious festival. And of course they couldn't work on that festival. And then the Sabbath was a day when people couldn't work. And these businessmen were chomping at the bit because their whole purpose in life was to make money. And they were, they were not saying this out loud, but inwardly they were thinking, I'd like to get the Sabbath over with. I'd like to get these religious celebrations over with so we can get back to making money and skimping on the measure and boosting the price and, and using the sweepings from the floor with the wheat and cheating people, basically. And so it was against that kind of thing that Solomon was writing when he wrote the Proverbs that said, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. What about today? Are we honest in our business dealings with others? I think that the words would be different today, but we all have business dealings that we carry out. I think of uh, many of us are buying and selling cars from time to time. What do you say about your car when you sell it to somebody? Do you tell the person that's buying your car about the, uh, the, the part that you know is defective um, before you sell the car? Or do you just let him discover that? Um, do you, um, when you sell your home, do, are you honest about everything that um, the new buyers are going to be facing when they come into your home? Or is that all kept secret? In our culture, we've kind of developed a, a morality that says it's okay not to di divulge all that stuff. Uh, that's for the buyer to figure out, and that's okay. That's what our culture says, but I wonder if that's what God would say. Isn't that a little bit like using a dishonest 
weight in the scale when you're measuring out wheat? Isn't that a little bit like sweeping in the floor sweepings in with the wheat? Um, I think that would be just an example that we could think about. Let's make sure that in all of our business dealings that we're being absolutely honest that if Jesus were standing by our side when the deal was going down, we would, we would stand with head held high because um, we were doing it right. We were doing it uh, totally uh, from the standpoint of honesty and that he would be glorified in that. Well, God is not only concerned about um, honesty in our business dealings, but he's also concerned about honesty in our words. And so I'd like for you to read with me Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I don't know if you can remember that whole section, but as, you, as I remember it, I remember that out of seven things, there are two of them that have to do with our words and dishonest words. Let's go back and start at 16. We'll just work through it real quickly. Well, uh, yes, six things that the Lord hates. And then in, that 60, in the, those six or seven things is a lying tongue. Now go to verse, I think it's 19. So in verse 19, a false witness who pours out lies. So twice in that list of seven things um, is something related to lying and, and telling untruths with our mouths. This would be a serious thing with the Lord. And when you think about Jesus, when he described himself in these terms, he said, in, in the book of John, he said, I am the way, what was the next thing? The truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. God is not only God, but he's truth. We define truth by God. We define truth by Jesus. And when we don't tell the truth, when we lie with our mouths, uh, we are taking away a witness in the world to Jesus. We're taking away a witness to God. We are um, we're demeaning a character of God's and a character of Jesus's. Let's look at uh, chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. You know, we tend to think that if we can just, you know, the, the person we're selling the car, he says, are you aware of anything that's wrong with the car? No, not aware of anything. And, you know, we are aware of several things. We just didn't tell him. Um, we think that that's going to get us more money and that's going to be long-term better for us. But is it really? Uh, God has a, a system of, of settling accounts 
And when we use lies to increase our wealth, our accounts get settled on the short side. And when we tell the truth, even though it hurts, our accounts get settled on the long side. And so uh, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Let's look at verse 22 of the same chapter. The Lord detests lying lips. He not only disapproves, he detests lying lips. He does not like lying lips. But he delights in people who are trustworthy. You see, a a person who tells lies is not trustworthy. But a person who tells the truth is someone you can trust and someone that the Lord can trust. Um, Yes. Let's look at verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 5. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. And so we consider ourselves righteous people because we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And as righteous people, we need to be like this proverb. We need to hate what is false. We need to hate anything false coming from our lips, whether large or great, whether it involves money or doesn't involve money. Anything that is false coming from our lips. Let me just be honest with you. Um, As a teacher and a preacher, I'm tempted to embellish stories so that the story can have greater impact. Um, I've done that before, and... And I felt good about the impact that the story had by my embellishing it. And then afterwards, when I'm alone with my thoughts, thinking, you know, I didn't, I didn't really tell the truth there. I was, um, I, I made it sound better than it was. I made it sound worse than it was to kind of prove a point. But, you know, I was trying to prove a godly point, so that would be okay. And yet I never have felt good about that. And so I need to, I need to watch that. We who, who teach need to make sure that we're telling the truth when we speak. There's a term in religious circles, especially in the evangelical world, and it's this term evangelistically speaking. And when we say evangelistically speaking, we basically mean we're stretching the truth. We're making something sound better than it was. And I think it's based on the idea of a preacher reporting of how many people were at a service. And he looks out and he guesses, and he always guesses higher than there are. And he uses that term, and we say, well, that's evangelistically speaking. It's it's a shame that that term is associated with actually um, not telling the truth. We should be, of all people, the most careful about what we share in terms of um, what is true and what is not true. We need to tell the truth, even if it hurts. We need to tell the truth, even if it means making less on a deal. And we need to tell the truth, even if it means that the story that I'm using in a teaching isn't quite as effective because it's not as grandiose as I could make it if I stretch the truth just a little bit. 
Let's do one other scripture in this category, and that's um, Proverbs 16, 13. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. Solomon, who was, we believe, the writer of this proverb, would know all about that. He would know all about having honest people working with him, having honest people reporting to him. He would want to have the truth told him. Um, Would it be better for someone who went out to assess the size of an enemy army that was coming against his nation to downplay the size of the army to make the king feel more secure? Or would he want to know the truth? That perhaps it was larger than they were expecting. They needed to be upset and they needed to get going and they needed to um, establish their defenses. I would think that he would want to know the truth. And uh, leaders take pleasure in people who tell the truth. We need to be people who tell the truth. There's another aspect to honesty, and um, that is in the way that we speak about other people. Here's a a scripture that is something to consider. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. I especially want you to look at the last part of that. Whoever spreads slander is a fool. Slander is something that defames another person. I suppose we could be technical and say that slander is something that is untrue about another person, but that that is negative, that would defame or um, hurt their reputation. But slander could possibly even be truthful things that would do the same thing. Slander is something that bring someone else down. And if telling a truthful experience that doesn't need to be told and wouldn't need to be shared and wouldn't need to be known, do we need to share it? Oh, perhaps if uh, someone's safety is involved or uh, some important Issue is involved, but as a rule, isn't it better to keep the faults of others to ourselves and not to spread them? If we were that person, would we want someone spreading something true that was bad that I had done at some point in my life? Would I want them telling someone that didn't know that about that, that didn't need to know? that didn't involve the safety of anyone. Something to think about. Let's look at another scripture. Proverbs 14.5. An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. I'd like for us to think of the witness not so much as a witness in court, but as a witness... Um, about a person that we know. An an honest witness does not deceive, 
but a false witness pours out lies. I think it's easy for us when uh, we encounter somebody that we don't really like to embellish the evilness of that person and to find ourselves becoming a false witness about that person who pours out lies. Oh, we're not in court. We're just in the court of public opinion. We're with another person or a group of people. And we have an opportunity to bring that person down. And so we, we embellish the story. We, we aren't sure about this one thing about this person, but we go ahead and say it as though it were fact. And we end up pouring out lies about a person and uh, bring that person down. Proverbs 19.9, a false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. This is talking about the very same issue, but talking about it from God's standpoint. God looks on that kind of activity as sin. It's something that he despises. For us to tell untruths about someone else in a way that will bring them down. That's like being a false witness in court. And you think about uh, what happens in court when someone says, I saw so-and-so do thus and thus. And that becomes the deciding thing in that person's uh, guilty sentence. And we didn't tell the truth. How culpable would we be before God and before the law in that case? But in the case of friends or just acquaintances and we're with people and we're not in court, still God is judge and he's watching and he's looking out for those kind of things. The ultimate result of that kind of thing is, is people who lie will perish because people who lie are not people who follow after God. We need to check our hearts and make sure that we're not doing that kind of thing. Let's look at Psalm 57.4. I believe Psalm 57.4 is, is written by David. And uh, as a king, the, the words that could kill the things that he spoke about the most that, that pierced him were words. Look at this. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. And so he felt that pain every day. He felt the, he felt the, the words of people that were speaking like sharp swords that were piercing his heart. And it brought him great anxiety. So many of the Psalms talk about his enemies. And they were these people. They weren't always enemies that were standing on the border with, with spears and swords. But they were people in his own sphere of influence who used words. And not necessarily to his face, but um, to others that, were, uh, that he was talking to. And, and putting down this king because of those words. So um, in uh, Proverbs 25, 18, we have a, 
an assessment from the standpoint of the writer of Proverbs. And he says, like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. That's what it is. When we speak anything but the truth, and I just want to add the truth in love. Um, If we know a truthful thing about a person that doesn't need to be known by that person we're speaking to, we need to stop and not say it. Why do I need to tell my someone else about a negative thing in this person's life? I don't need to do that. The only reason would be if there was safety involved in some way. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. What we're doing to that person when we speak a falsehood is like clubbing them or stabbing them or shooting an arrow in their heart. God is not pleased with that. It's like like murder to the Lord. It's like killing someone. Well, there's a good side to this honesty in our reports of others. And here is the good side. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. I want you to focus on the first part of that proverb. A truthful witness saves lives. And that's true. When we stand um, truthfully with a neighbor, with someone that we know, and we say uh, truthful things about that person. We're saving their lives. We're saving their reputations. Perhaps everyone else in the room is throwing out falsehoods or they're sharing truthful things that didn't need to be shared. We have an opportunity to, to say something good about that person. We're saving that person's life. We're saving them from the agony of um, negative public opinion. And that's a good thing. I'd like to encourage us today uh, just to be people of honesty. Uh, honesty in our, in our dealings, business-wise. Uh, perhaps you're a business person or we all are business people at some time or another when we um, sell things or we give information about things that could benefit us financially. We need to be careful that we're offering accurate information and that we're doing nothing to be dishonest in a way that would benefit us financially. And then there's honest words. God is is wanting us to be known as people of our word. When we say something that it can be counted on, something I didn't mention earlier today when we were talking is the whole thing of promises made. When you make a promise, do you keep it? Or do we have the ethic that if it's inconvenient, I'm not held by it. I can promise something, but if it's inconvenient, I don't need to keep that promise. I think that God would say, do everything you can to keep your word and especially to your family, to your spouse, to your children. Keep your word to them. That's an important thing. And then last, do we give honest reports about people? 
when uh, we're giving witness about someone, do we say only what's truthful and, and even more than that? Do we say only what's beneficial to that person? There are times when we need to say something in order to protect someone else, but that's rare. Most often, we need to refrain from saying what could bring that person down, and we need to say things that could enhance that person's life by the words that we say. So, honesty, God is for it. And uh, let's read that verse that we started with today. And think about this in your mind. There's a scale. And uh, we've got, there's a balance. The Lord detests honest, I'm sorry. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. Let's remember that this week. And let's pray together. Lord, we want to be people of our word. We want to be people who are honest, that never use dishonesty to bring about financial gain or help us tell a better story or build ourselves up at someone else's expense. But God, may we rather be people whose words bring life to other people as we speak truth about people in the midst of others that are trying to bring someone down. When we stand for truth in our homes as we've made promises to family members, may we keep those. And God, uh, may you be honored most of all. May people see the truthfulness of God. May they see how you keep your word by how we keep our word. May they see how truthful your word is by, they, by them seeing how truthful our word is. Oh God, help us. We pray in Jesus' name.